Welcome to the 360 Serve podcast. This is our last episode in our series with Barnabas, talking about the church planting movement of China. I pray you've been encouraged and inspired and better informed about what God is doing in China. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. So glad you're with us. 360 Serve is about a new way to do missions, where we help you send indigenous church planters into full-time gospel ministry so that they can reach their own country for Christ. Today is the greatest turning to Jesus our world has ever seen, and the Lord is using church planters to lead the way. Thank you so much for your prayers and your support in sending these courageous church planters all over the world. Today's episode is entitled, Leave Nothing Left, which is the title of Barnabas's new book. We have shipped many of you a free copy of his book. I'll share with you at the end of this episode how you can also receive a free copy if that's your desire. So let's jump into this episode as Barnabas shares with us the backstory behind his book, Leave Nothing Left. Well, it's our last session with Barnabas, and uh, I'm excited about this session, Barnabas, because we let our listeners know a while ago that uh, for years, myself and others have encouraged you to write a book. Yes. And amazingly, you have done that. And I have had the privilege of reading it before, uh, you know, it's been put into print and loved it. It's awesome. And uh, we're going to talk later about how people can get a copy of it. But I want to just kind of talk to you about your book right now. And uh, we're going to focus in on, on this and just ask you a bunch of questions okay. about your book. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you know, can you just tell Barnabas the story of why did you write this? And, you know, kind of like, why now uh, have you done so? Uh, for several years, many of my friends have kind of asked me a, a question. Hey, Barnabas, why don't you write? your story and put this, your story into a book. And I was always thinking, there are many people in this world who has even more dramatic stories than my life. I feel that I don't, I'm not worthy of writing anything down because I don't know. I, I, I really do not know if people are interested. But uh, I have met more and more people, and sometimes they will directly ask me to share my story. I think some of them, they already listened to some of the friends who have uh, listened to my story. They asked me to share, and I started to share. I even start to share some to our Chinese uh, partners, the pastors in China. And they, even the Chinese, they are all asking me, why don't you write a book? So. I started to pray about that, and I, I was thinking I'm too busy to to do this. And I, if I I want to write something, I want to do it good, you know. And I'm not sure if I I can do it good, and I don't have enough time to do it. But uh, because of the virus, <laughs> uh, so one good thing is I cannot travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot have much seminars. I do some teaching and pitching in this part of the world, uh, but still I cannot travel internationally. And honestly, I cannot go into China. 
So I still interact with the pastors. I talk to them on the phone, WeChat and social media. I still pitch to them with recording and send to them. And they 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 started and asking me, you know, even back in February this year, hey, Pastor Barnabas, are you starting to write your book? I think this is the right time. I think you will have time to 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 write your book. So I consider that and I uh, talk to my family. I talk to uh, my friends like Pastor Mark. And starting in March, I I put my story down. So this is just just what happened. I think it naturally happens. And God, of course, we don't want the virus to hurt us, but God just really gives me the time for these few months that I do not have to travel. I can concentrate on working on my, my book. So I just write down my story in about a few weeks. You know, it is about my story. So I don't need to create anything. So I just wrote it down and then we edit it and have my friends to correct my English. So I plan to get this published before American Thanksgiving. That is in November, middle of November. I hope the book will come out in digital format and in hard copy format. Amen. Well, Barnabas, I've already read it. It's fantastic and so moving. And, uh, you know, uh, so the title of it is Leave Nothing Left. Okay. Explain the title. Why did you title it that? I started being adapted to, if you read my book, you know my story. So I was like, often growing up, I know my biological parents when I am about 15 years old. So I know my family now. So I grew up in a situation that is really lonely. I was abused by my adaptive mother every day. And, and when I'm five years old, she's already 64. So all these things mold me into a different man. I was very rebellion and I hate women. I never want to become a Christian because I grew up in a small fishing village church. Uh, because my adaptive father and mother, they're pastor of the church, and my adaptive father passed away when I am five years old. So all these things happen, make me really a very rebellion and uh, hate the world, doesn't really believe in God. And I hate Christians. I hate the church. I see the dark side of the church. I, I read the Bible because I can go to school. But after I become a Christian when I'm 15, God completely changed my life. It's, it's only, I know it's only by the Holy Spirit who can change me. And I started to learn to give everything to my Lord. So even though I earn not much money through the ministry, I worked for, for 23 years, I donate a lot of money to people in need, to ministry in need, even right now. Uh, several years ago, I I have a problem with my wife because I give too much money away. <laughs> so I have to put enough money to her account every month to make her feel comfortable. She don't argue with me, but at times she feels that, okay, you cannot just do that. But anyway, this is not about me. I I still doing this. when I When I see people in need, I want to help them. The reason is God has been loving me so much. He's providing 
everything for me. And uh, in ministry with my family, when I grew up, until the age of 15, when I come out to work, I buy myself a new, a new pants. All the 15 years I grew up, I wear used clothing, usually sent to Hong Kong in those days, those years, by Salvation Army. And, uh, you know, they are not fit to my body. You know, people will laugh at me. My classmates will laugh at me at the clothing I wear because it's oversized or whatever. I, my self-esteem is very low. And when I become a Christian, everything changed. So I give everything to the Lord and I want to leave nothing left. Even when I am at my retirement age, I have no plan for retirement. And you know, people in Hong Kong said that oh, you, we need uh, four million Hong Kong dollars to survive. If you retire at the age of sixty-five, uh, if you want to live until eighty years old or more, I don't have those funds. I don't have retirement funds. Honestly, I have some savings. I have some uh, mutual funds. I don't invest in stock market. I don't have the time to do that. I really trust my Lord to provide for me. And all these years in my ministry, God is providing. And so I want to give everything to the Lord, leave nothing left. When I come to this world, I have nothing. I have nothing. And if I go to heaven, I don't need to bring anything to heaven. Heaven has everything I need. So why do I need to bring things to heaven? And God is providing us every day. The Lord's Prayer is God is providing the daily bread to me. I really want to trust the Lord to provide to me every day. Mm. I mean, it is very hard to do that because we always want to plan about tomorrow. We want to plan our own future. When we retire, oh, we need to travel, we need to visit our grandkids, we need this much money to set aside. This is all true. I don't have an answer for you. But for my life, I really trust the Lord and I will leave nothing left when I go to heaven. I will walk until my last path to the Lord. I walk every day. I keep myself healthy so that the Lord, my Lord, can continue to use me in his ministry, in the ministry that he provides for me. Mm. Praise the Lord. And thank you, Barnabas. And ever since I've known you, um, you live out that title. And... Uh, Thank you, Barnabas, for your example. You know, um, as I was reading through your book, you, you give this ministry motto, and I just want to ask you about it. And your, your statement is, it is nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And so that's important to you. It's your ministry motto. You know, expound on that a little bit, Barnabas. Why is that your ministry motto? I think everyone in this world is fighting for power. A lot of people want to be a president of their own country. Every people, young people, are fighting to be a CEO of a big company. Even in the church, if you're just a pastor, you may want to someday, you become the senior pastor of the church. I mean, we always want to fight for power, to fight for recognition, so that people will know how important I am. But when I serve the house church in China, I cannot advertise myself. Because it's so risky. I have to keep no profile. I have to learn from this humble servant in China. So it changed my attitude. I think in my 
in my Lord's eyes, I am always and forever just be a servant of my Lord. Hmm. If I am a slave and I'm a servant for my Lord, I cannot have my own will. I don't even, I cannot have my own plan. How can I know my plan is the plan of my master? You know, it's hard. So I just humble myself, not thinking how important I am. If I prepare myself to do the work for my master well, he will elevate me. So it's not how important I am. Amen. Of course, it's, it's nice to be important. Yeah, it's nice to be important. And oh, you're the great CEO of your ministry. So, so big. Uh, you know, we all want to be important. But I think more importantly is really to be nice. When I grow in the church, when I meet a lot of other partners, and I, you know, we all face this. Some of the bosses, some of the leadership, they are not nice to people, not nice to us. And I learned from that. That's a bad example. I want to be nice to everyone I serve because it's the attitude. God asks us to love our Lord first, and then we love each other. And we serve our neighbors, even love our enemies. I think to be nice is a gesture of love. Amen, Barnabas. Well, I know it's more than a motto. It's your lifestyle. I've been around you in so many different situations, and and uh, none of us is perfect, Barnabas, and I know you would admit that, but I do see the beauty of that servanthood of God just coming through your life, and what a great motto, and uh, that's the motto of Jesus, isn't it? That's for sure. You know, you mentioned something else here, and uh, your wish, you know, you, you'd say, my wish for the rest of my life is to not create problems for people around me. Yeah. <laughs> Simply speaking, I wish not to be a troublemaker. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 that was in your book, and I'm like, yeah. Barnabas, the last thing that he is, he's not this. But it was, it was surprising for me to see this in your book mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. In some ways, oh, yeah. Of course, this is obvious. This is who Barnabas is. Mm. But why why did you put that, you know, quote in there about your wish for the rest of your life? Are you just saying, man, I don't want to blow it at some point, you know, or or what what were you thinking there? No, I think when we are getting older, like me, you know, I have sons and grandkids. And uh, you know, in the Chinese culture, I think in most culture in the world too, is when you get older. Uh, you want others to respect you, but sometimes we are not nice to other people. We want to tell them what to do. We we will be angry if they are not listening to us. And uh, you know, the world is changing. The younger generations, their thinking, uh, the way they grow up uh, is very different than our ages. And sometimes we still have our own thinking, oh, this is how we get succeeded. This is how we get respect. This is how we do ministry, do our work, and you have to listen to me. And and a lot of times, this is not true. And a lot of times, I believe myself, if I do not humble myself, even I'm an old man, even I'm the leader of my ministry, if I'm not humble, I create more trouble. You know, my staff will not listen to me. My family will not listen to me if I am too proud of myself. I'm always talking about my experience. You, are, you know, this is how I trust my Lord. This is how we do things. 
I only create trouble for myself. So I don't want to be a troublemaker. To not be a troublemaker is I listen to them. If I don't need to exist in that meeting, if I don't need to be in that conversation, I just dismiss myself. This is how I engage to my sons too. I, I didn't ask them, oh, you must come to visit, visit us every week. You know, in a lot of families in Hong Kong, Chinese family, they're doing the same thing, even the wealthy family. Okay, every week and every member, sons and daughters, grandkids, they live together together with their parents or grandparents. You know, this is a family thing, you know. There's a lot if you do it every week. So this sometimes creates a lot of trouble. I mean, people, you, know, you may have the power to order them to come, but are they willing to do it? If we are talking about love, I think we love each other because there's no one pulling out a gun on our head. You need to love me. If someone pulls a gun to us and we love and we and we are forced to love that's not love. You know? uh, so I think it's important that when I get older, I don't want to be a troublemaker to this world, to my family, to my ministry. I just humble myself and, and do what I need to do, but not arguing, but not direct the new thinking, the new ways of doing ministry. Yeah, that's good, Barnabas. Boy, what great lessons uh, that you're speaking right now. I mean, just to be nice, mm -hmm. to not be a troublemaker. Yeah. I mean, those are things that I think speak to all of us, but I'm glad you put this in your book. And uh, what I noticed as I read through your book, you know, just all the insight, Barnabas, all the quotes that you've integrated, uh, you know, from people who have impacted you, I, I was amazed. And, you know, also you made this statement, uh, about your a pr your prayer request, and you said this to always manage my time wisely, and then you added this. Also, if I disappear in China, don't do anything except pray for me. So, Barnabas, share why did you kind of add this as you know this was like your prayer request to manage my time wisely, and also you know if I disappear in China, just don't do anything except pray for me. Expound on that a little bit. Okay, I think a lot of times uh, when people ask, oh, what is your birthday wish or your wish to grow? And we always answer, peace on earth, you know, something like that. And I think when I read the Bible, I mean, in the last days, there's no peace on this world. Of course, I believe God will bring us peace, but that peace may not be politically. That is the peace in our heart. And so um, my prayer request is actually, just pray for me so that I can use my time wisely. I'm getting older and my time on this earth will be limited when the clock just click every second. And uh, the reason for using my time wisely is I have no retirement plan. I, I can still work for my Lord, but I, I need wisdom, like how many hours I need to do exercise so that I can keep my physical body healthy. If I'm sick and, and stay in, in the hospital or in bed all, the, all day long, all the time, then I cannot work for my Lord. So I need wisdom to engage my time wisely. And a lot of times to adjust my time well is if there's in the management position in the ministry, 
I need to delegate my work with my staff. And if I put too much time on engage in my work and ministry, then I'm not allowing God and I'm not allowing my staff to take up their work. And they don't have enough time to think through what they need to do. So that also means I still leading the ministry, but I need to devote my time wisely. I, I may spend more time preparing my sermon, my teaching, instead of spending too much time having in the meeting with all the staff every day and lead the ministry. I will let God lead the ministry. I will spend more time individually with people to encourage them. I will spend time to prepare sermons and teaching and listen to God so that when I preach, it is really from the Lord. God Lord can use me effectively. So this is what I mean by manage my time wisely. And of course, I spend time with my family, with my wife. Uh, those are important things too. Amen. And you also added that little statement. Also, if I disappear in China, don't do anything except pray for me. You know, that's pretty obvious at face value, but you added that Barnabas and, you know, um, and why, well, you know, why did you add that or just kind of what's your thought on that? Yeah, I think if you read my book, I think you'll find out that I'm not criticizing the Chinese government, but I'm talking about the house church in China and all these things. So I'm very honest to tell the truth, you know, but there's a price to pray, especially in the commerce China. When you tell the truth, you may put yourself or even your ministry, your family in difficult situations because they still think that you have badmouthed them and, you know, they want to destroy the church and you are building the church. and so. Uh, when the book comes out, I have been talking to my family, to my friends and the ministry partners and pastors in China about should I hide a lot of the truth in the book. We deci- I decided not to. So I'm telling the truth, true story about a church in China. And if they come to China, they will read my book. I don't know what action they will take. So maybe I will be in danger if I travel to China again. Uh, so I just ask your prayer is God will sustain me if I'm arrested because of sharing the gospel. And I believe the Lord will give me comfort and I believe my Lord will give me the strength to endure all the hardship. So this is my prayer request. Wow, Barnabas. Again, um, I'm excited when our listeners can get a copy and be able to take this in and their life is going to be changed by reading your book. I mean, just here right now, just these little segments that you've pulled out of your book, uh, lessons, being nice, not being a troublemaker and using our time wisely. I mean, that in itself and being willing to die, you know, for the gospel or being even be arrested. And we pray that certainly none of that would take place, Barnabas. We're going to be joining you in prayer, praying, you know, for your protection and also praying for God's, you know, full plan and purpose that, Mm -hmm. that he has behind you writing this book and making it available uh, and making it available publicly. So, uh, Hey, I got to ask you one question here on this. Uh, when the book gets published, 
can you send me a bunch of copies that are signed? Because I'm going to talk to our listeners after we're done here. And I'm going to talk to them about how they can get a copy of your book and even get a free copy of your book, one that's autographed, signed. Okay, I will do that. <laughs> Thanks, Barnabas. We'll talk about that. Uh, thank you, Barnabas, from the bottom of my heart. I love you. You love are my you brother in the work of God. I, I love our, our dear pastors, church planners. So many come to mind. Mm. And I just pray that our listeners have, have really been moved. I know they have. And I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life. Those of you who are listening right now, because you've had the privilege of taking something in that many have never even heard about, about what God is doing, the beauty of God's work in China as told through our brother Barnabas, who's there living it. And so Barnabas, we love you. We're praying for you. Thank you for these uh, episodes and the Lord's greatest blessing on you as we continue to move forward, sharing the gospel uh, throughout the world and especially in China. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. God bless you all. Thank you, Barnabas, for your obvious love for the Lord Jesus Christ, for letting God use you, for your humility, and for your courage to write your book that tells your life story, but also a book that tells us the story of the miraculous house church movement in China, which is just amazing. Here's your action step of the day. Pray for Barnabas and his book. Pray for Barnabas's protection. Pray that God's purposes for Barnabas's book will be fully realized. Pray that his book will go wherever God wants it to go, and that God will keep this book from whoever should not receive this book. Now, you can order a copy of Barnabas's book in its electronic version or in paperback version by visiting Amazon. All you need to do is search Leave Nothing Left Barnabas. If you support a Chinese Church Planner Monthly, we'll mail to your home a free copy of Barnabas's book. It's our gift to you. To support a Chinese Church Planner, just go to 360serve.org, click on Church Planner, then click on China, and then Give. I want to thank Barnabas again for these episodes that he has spent with us sharing his life story and his heart for the Chinese house church movement. I pray you've been encouraged that you've been inspired to live your life for the advancement of the gospel under the praise and glory of Jesus Christ. Let us live our lives so that we leave nothing left. Join us in our next episode as the tables get turned and I get placed on the hot seat. Some of you, you've never heard me share the story of 360 Serve. How did this all get started? Our next episode will feature my good friend, Pastor Rob Hall, interviewing me on his podcast asking me questions about the story of 360 Serve. Until then, may the Lord bless you.